Four Ways to Grow in Counseling Practice on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And this week on the podcast, I am joined by Dr. Stuart Scott. He is professor of biblical counseling at the Masters University. He's also on staff here at ACBC as our director of membership services. Stuart's been a member of ACBC for many years. He's been a fellow, served as a fellow for many years. And uh, this week, what, I, what we want to do is, is we want to try to accomplish encouragement to our, our counselors, particularly our members. Uh, as we think about what are some best practices, what are some ways in which we want to continue to encourage uh, our people to, to counsel with excellence. I mean, as a part of what we do, we say we're pursuing excellence, and, and there are several ways that we can accomplish that. And, and I think sometimes, Stuart, what happens is, um, you know, we've been doing counseling for quite some time, or maybe we're just still starting out, and uh, we just finished certification, and so we're, we're sort of content with where we are and, and we're going to, we're going to just counsel with what we know. And even if we've been doing it a long time, we feel uh, a little bit more comfortable and sometimes we cease growing. And Paul seems to encourage us to continue our growth in knowledge uh, and understanding of the scripture in the application. And I think, you know, from, from where you sit uh, and, and what the Lord has done in you and through you in our organization as a fellow, you've supervised a lot. As director of membership services, you've uh, you've heard complaints from many of our counselors, and and let's be honest. Even though we we pursue excellence and we have a certification where we're we're seeing people meet certain standards, uh, our counselors are not perfect, and uh, and we acknowledge that. And so we want to encourage people to grow in best practices. And so we want to just have a brief discussion about uh, what some of those things might be, ways that we can encourage, uh, and, and things that you've seen, maybe ways over the years that you have grown as well. And one of those things that you and I have talked about is is the issue of, of sanctification and how we go about uh, pursuing or helping uh, our counselees pursue this idea of sanctification. Can you talk about that for a minute? Thank you, Dale, and it's a blessing to be here on the program. Yeah, I think back over the years, both the teaching, uh, supervising, counseling, uh, reading, uh, getting questions that come into our office, complaints that come into our office. Uh, it, it's a sobering reminder that we need to be, continue to be humble and teachable, examine our own ways and see if there's some changes that need to happen in our own lives. And uh, in the area of sanctification, I often will see, and I maybe that word often, maybe uh, all too often, uh, more than I would like to see is those who are committed uh, to Christ and his word, sometimes lose sight that God has given us the resources we need to be sanctified, right? To be justified, sanctified, to be saved, and to grow in the Christian life. And we don't have sanctification plus. Uh, God has given us sanctification and how to, how to be a more like Christ. Uh, sanctify them by thy truth, and thy word is truth. But we want truth plus something. And I, I just sometimes will see uh, well-meaning people who have a zeal to help. They, they get um, usually an experience, uh, someone close to them, maybe them, themselves, 
where they maybe they didn't really use all of the means that God has given us to work through issues, like some issue in their past, some traumatic issue or happening event that happened, and they they go, well, you know, reading the Bible just didn't change it. Uh, going to church didn't change it. I needed to add something to it. And now they'll bring in various practices uh, from human wisdom and human theories. And so you'll have things from personality theories. You'll have, uh, they'll want to combine cognitive behavioral therapy with the Bible or um, the eye movement, EMDR, the, all kinds of things. And every year there's like another thing, a wave coming through. And none of these practices originate or, or come out of Scripture. They're always read into eisegesis, not, not out of the Scripture. And they go, yeah, but, but it helped. It, it, it worked. And my reply is God gave us what we really needed Maybe it wasn't handled well. Maybe uh, your counselor didn't skillfully use the resources God has given us. It's not a cursory read of Scripture that's going to change you or just hearing the Word. It's, it's working through it and the Spirit of God with the people of God. And so I'm just trying to help God's people see the wealth, uh, and it's sufficient alone without having a plus factor. And whenever you add to Scripture, you take away from it. And now, now you're, uh, it's no longer the tool the Spirit um, wants to use, has um, committed to using His Word. Now you've added something, so you're actually taking away from it. And we've seen this as well. Whatever you add will become what's most important to you. And now when people are asked about changing and growing and sanctification, they go quickly to whatever the plus factor is rather than to Scripture that lifts up Christ. Mm-hmm. I think what happens as an unintended consequence is uh, that uh, discipline or that theory or that practice now becomes the focal point as opposed to the Scripture. Right. And, uh, and then the, the statement by implication that has to be made is this uh, program or this style of therapy uh, becomes now necessary as an addendum to Scripture, and, and that in itself makes a statement about Scripture to say that it's insufficient. So I, I do think the point that you're making is, is, is a good one, that we have to be cautious and careful that the means that God lays out for sanctification is by His Word. I mean, the, when we talk about the work of the Spirit, we call this Word His sword. He's not using other humanly formed ideas to create this type of change and growth uh, in the heart of man. And so I think that's critical. You mentioned one thing in the process of you talking there about issues in the past, and, and, and sometimes I think we see this uh, in counselors as well where um, there's there's some sort of uh, fear or um, a lack of desire to to want to deal with issues that come up in the past and but but the scriptures it, it, they're unafraid to talk about and help us to deal with 
uh, baggage, if you will, from our past. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we deal with those types of things? So um, let's sort of help to settle the score for our counselors to say, you know what, whatever hesitations we have about issues in the past, biblically, how do we how do we deal with those? Yeah, and I think we need to take as counselors. I think we need to take more time and letting a person tell what's happened in their past. And I don't mean any of the sordid details that we don't really need to get into reliving someone's horrific past, but at least the details enough to say, have things been resolved before let's let's reshape and start building more Christ-likeness in the present and future? Uh, I, I I hear quoted often Philippians 3.13, you know, I forget what lies behind, I press forward. Well, that, that you know, in the context, Paul is saying, I'm, I'm forgetting what I used to put my confidence in, uh, my own righteousness and my own achievements, and it, now it's just Christ alone and his achievements that uh, my confidence is in. And I, I think what, maybe there's been a reaction in the counseling world of, I don't want to get to Freud. I don't want to go digging around in my past and blame somebody or say, well, something must have happened when I was a child that I don't know about, uh, rather than saying, no, we're talking about clear events that have happened in your past. Have they been resolved? Have they been resolved with people if they're still living? Uh, if I sinned greatly, have I dealt with that before God and maybe the appropriate person? There's just this fear of, I don't want to get into the past, and yet you can't really change in the present and build if there's all kinds of unresolved rubble that, that makes it difficult to build into Christ-likeness. Yeah, that's exactly right, and I think, uh, I think you're right in the, in, to say that uh, the issue of Freud has, has made us quite leery about looking back in the past, and, and that's not what we're saying. There's a, there's a proper way. Uh, to deal with the issues of the past so that we can move forward in our in our walking with the Lord and to do things rightly. And so um, and the good thing about that is is uh, God helps us to deal properly with the past, not not sweep it under the rug, not expect someone else to do the same, uh, whatever kind of issue that we're talking about, but he helps us to deal with it appropriately and properly uh, through his means of forgiveness and restoration, uh, which are helpful in healing. God says, which is good. Uh, some of the other things we're talking about best practices here, as we think about biblical counseling and where our organization began uh, as you know, National Association of Newthetic Counselors, Newthetic always sort of got this title, and, and Newthetic Counselors get this sort of rap to say that uh, they're so harsh and mean and rude and uh, because all they want to talk about is admonishment. And uh, there is a certain degree at which, listen, the Scriptures call us to admonish, and we can't deny the fact that the Scriptures call us to do that. And during, uh, during the era that Jay is writing, listen, the, the humanistic psychology was, was never about to think about uh, confronting somebody. It was all about person-centered and uh, you know, non-directive style counseling. And Jay made clear, which is still true, regardless of whether Jay said it or not, the Scriptures are clear that we are called to admonish one another. Uh, but I think it's important for us, even as counselors, to grow in this because um, we have a tendency, almost like a seesaw, to 
to, to swing in one direction or another. Even as counselors, we get into that kind of practice and, and uh, well, look, admonishment's bad. we got to do something else or, you know, we, we can't do that when the Scriptures clearly call us to it. What are some of those uh, the problems that you might see sometimes with this idea of admonishment? We see problems. I mean, they come in oftentimes. They're struggling with something. It's almost like parents, too. You can always see the problems with your kids. Uh, that's not hard to do. And we're too quick to to deal with those issues. And it's hard to swallow uh, on your if you're on the receiving end. Uh, you may already feel bad about what's happened, and now you're you're getting called out and uh, very corrective. Mm-hmm. And that's a major point of how to help people is help correct them, which the term means, you know, help put in their mind what's right and the correct. But when you look at um, how Christ ministered to people, whether they were suffering with hardship or clear sin issues, and I've been going through now, I'm in the last book here of uh, my own devotions, looking at Revelation, I'm again amazed at the Lord and how he starts with encouragement, the good things that these churches are doing, these, uh, you know, God's people are doing in the different churches. And then he, he kind of comes in on, now there's something that's amiss, and it's a pretty significant issue, mm-hmm. like you've left your first love, which yeah. was him. Uh, I would have probably started with that. That's just <laughs> sort of what, how like, let's get it on the table. This is huge. Yeah. Uh, but no, he doesn't. He starts with encouragement and, and quite a bit of encouragement. And then this, he dresses the issue, and then he closes with encouragement. And it was one church after another. I went to this next, another church, I mean, Ephesus. But then you get to Sardis, where they have a reputation of being alive, but they're dead. And um, we're going, well, that's a big problem. We would jump. I, I say we would jump. The, the tendency... Uh, especially when exhortation is a big part of ministering to people. We want to go right there, but Jesus doesn't. He, he does deal with that problem, That's right. but he starts with, I know your works. You have this, and you have this, and, and he still brings out things. Um, I think it was Wayne Mack, if I'm not mistaken, who said when he looked at how Jesus addressed the churches, 80% was encouragement and 20% was admonition. And I, I thought, what a good reminder to us and who want to love God's people, we want to love the Lord, that we look for areas, even when there's glaring sin problems or you know, numerous issues that may be going on, that we look for things that we can commend them on, and encouragement goes a long way of helping them, and it's more like Christ, as we're, we have to admonish from time to time. That's right, and I think that's a, man, that's such a... A healthy balance, uh, and it's a, a good biblical explanation of where we see those two things intertwined together. That was so critical uh, for for Christ exhorting and for Christ uh, admonishing and correcting. Uh, and I think that's key, even for for us as counselors. We sort of get in that vein, and we want to just jump in, deal with the issue. We think that's the quickest route to change, and mm-hmm. and it's a part of the process. But encouragement certainly is is something. Uh, that becomes the balm for the wound that's happening there. And maybe one final thing, Stuart, that we see uh, quite a bit. I know, you know, as someone who is in academia, uh, this can be a tendency where, in a danger even, where, man, I know this guy, I read this book, and yeah. he said it so yeah. well, and I'm not yeah. certain that I can improve upon it. 
um, we sometimes in our counseling uh, focus on different texts. Not that those texts are bad, but we sometimes find ourselves drifting away from the primary text, which is the the Bible. Talk a little bit about that as far as best practices. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, always a challenge. And I think it's become more of a challenge today. Uh, when I first started, it was pretty much Jay Adams, uh, some of his books, and Wayne Mack, and that was it. You know, I mean, it, there wasn't much out there to refer God's people to read other than Scripture. But now, as you know, I mean, there's so much, and people addressing so many issues, and I'm thankful uh, that so many things have been addressed by God's people from a biblical standpoint. But what can happen? And this is like a best practice, trying to help God's people be careful that they the first thing that comes to their mind is a book written by, it's a supplemental book, rather than let me first take you to these texts of scriptures first. And uh, it's a good call, uh, uh, kind of a wake-up call to us all with so many good books, supplemental, that that we make sure they take a back seat and really God's Word is primary in our, not only our counseling, but in our homework assignments. That's right. Yeah. No, I think that's critical, and it helps to keep the focus where it ought to be. As much as you know, I aspire to write books, and other people have written good books. Uh, the primary text is the Scripture. That's what we're all trying to reference well, and so we want to make sure that our focus remains on the passages of Scripture because truly, uh, that is the inspired Word of God, mm. of which the Spirit will use to change the hearts. Right and minds of people, whether it needs to be correction or encouragement, edification, and so on. And so the Scriptures, may we be saturated and filled with the Scriptures as we give counsel that comes from the Lord. Stuart, this has been helpful, and all of us need to be reminded of these things and how easy it is for for us to drift in these directions, and we should be constantly trying to refine and grow in excellence in our counseling. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, one of the things that we want to continue to produce here at ACBC are resources that encourage you uh, to grow in excellence in counseling. And we have on our website, and we're growing this area of our website, so many resources where our goal is just to simply to point you back to Scripture. We want to point you back to the excellencies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, and so we believe very fully that, that it is the Word that helps us to grow, grow in our discernment, grow in our application, grow in the way in which we are seasoned in how we give uh, counsel to those who are hurting. We truly believe that the Scriptures have the answers to the problems that people face. And you can find out about the resources that we utilize to point people to the Scriptures at our website, Biblical Counseling. Dot com.